0: Good morning, Gavin. It's a pleasure speaking with you this morning. How are you doing?
1: Morning, Polly. Uh, I'm okay, I'm okay, thank you. I think sort of all things considered at the <laughs> moment. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm hanging in there, and sometimes I feel like I'm doing okay. But um, yeah, pretty good actually.
0: I can't believe it's only been three months that we've been in this lockdown. It feels like a very, very long time, but at the same time, it's gone very quickly as well. So, uh,
1: Absolutely. I think we've all been busy, which has actually made the time pass by a lot a lot more quickly
0: there we go yeah exactly so i'm really pleased to have you on the call today and to really pick your brains there are a few areas in particular um i'd love to discuss with you but just starting off gavin it'd be great to understand a bit about your role within utb and your background uh, the last 20 years within the short-term finance world walk us through uh, some of your Make me you
1: sound old. <laughs> 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 Make me sound old. I still feel pretty young. Um, yeah, sure. So, so um, I, I, um, I'm a qualified chartered accountant by profession um, or by training. Um, I've been with UTB now for about coming up to about six and a half years. Um, I've been in the short-term lending um, space for well since two thousand I think it was, um, when I first uh, when I first walked into the doors of short-term lending, and actually, it was in a finance director role. So um, I didn't know anything about lending. I didn't know anything about you know mortgages or or or, or anything of that ilk. I um, I had an opportunity to join a short-term lender called Chevelle at the time, um, as a finance director managing Effectively managing the finance function and the and the various lines of funding uh, that we had from uh, different lenders, Um, and arguably I couldn't have picked my timing any worse. I mean, we're talking now we're talking about September, about September 2007. So it was just before the credit crunch hit. Um, I had about two or three months to learn what short-term lending was um, work out what I was doing and then basically spent the next, you know, the next couple of years fighting fires. Um, I, it certainly was an introduction. I wouldn't have chosen if I'd, uh, you know, if I had my time over, but actually what, you know, what you learned during that period is, is absolutely invaluable and things that you could never learn in textbooks and you know, you really just have to experience it and muddle your way through it. And, um, And learned from that experience. So, you know, thankfully came out on the other end, but obviously as the business contracted over the, um, over the credit crunch period. So I became more and more involved in the actual operations of the business rather than just purely on the finance side. And actually I got a, you know, um, I got a sniff of it and I already enjoyed it. So over time I moved away, you know, completely from the finance side Purely onto the operational and underwriting side, with actually even a little bit of um, even a little bit of sales interaction thrown in as well. Um, and then I joined; uh, I had the opportunity to join UTB in 2013. Um, I came into the team at that point um, and been there ever since. You know, I came in to assist uh, initially on the credit and the underwriting side. Um, and then have sort of moved over time to currently you know my current title is commercial director but essentially i head up the team on a day-to-day basis so you know i've got sort of over overall responsibility for the uh, for the bridging finance team which currently totals about yeah about 28 29 people
0: Big team. Big team. And in your time in the industry, what would you say has been the biggest development? What do you think has been the real catalyst to get the industry to where it is today?
1: So I think, I mean, look, I think when I came into into bridging finance, I think bridging finance was a little bit of a swear word. It was a little bit of a dirty game. It It was a place where people went if they really didn't have too many you know, too many other choices, the rates were high, Um, maybe, you know, maybe some of the conduct of certain of the lenders, you know, isn't sort of what you'd expect. But then I think what happened sort of post, you know, post the credit crunch is that um, the industry became far more professionalized, the um, association of short-term lenders was sort of born out probably, I can't remember exactly, but I think it was sort of just pre credit crunch. I think uh, there were some lenders who sort of took the view um, that actually the industry needed to self-regulate and uh, and needed to start doing things properly. And I think with that um, changes in approach to lending, becoming far more professional um, and also with the interest rates coming down, over over time down done to competition certainly um, there's many lenders now who come to the short-term lending market as a first choice rather than as a last resort because because the products and the rates and the flexibility um, that it offers them um, you know actually actually makes sense and they work it into their business plans or you know if it's on the non-regulated side or maybe someone wants to move home um, on the on the regulated side um, you know the 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 cost is actually palatable and works for them, and mm-hmm. and I think that you know probably the professionalism, um, I think in particular probably over the last over the last uh, maybe seven or eight years um, has been a real sort of eye opener, and, and I think you know I think the term you know it's now really specialist lending I think is a term that many lenders like to use rather than rather than bridging lending um, because it really is specialist in terms of the underwrite Um, and you know we can we can certainly cater for things that are not just clickbox. box Um, you know there's a real there's a real manual and human element to it which I think sets it aside from you know from certainly many other forms of lending
0: I was going through the archives Gavin, I was going back to 2019 which feels like a lifetime ago now. <laughs> yes it does. <laughs> there was a British and commercial roundtable um, back in 2019, I think it was <laughs> Alex from Hampshire Trust Bank, she was saying it's really important for the lenders to be innovating on both criteria, I think she said products, New you chirped up and said and systems, and I thought that was a great point to talk to you about today. How much of a role do you think innovating in systems has played in, in UTB's recent successes, being named Lender of the Year? How much of that do you think you can uh, accredit to to the innovations and investments you've made there?
1: Sure. I mean, I think it's I think it's massively important. I think um, what, you know, what we've seen over the last over the last few years is we've seen um, we've seen lenders try to win market share based on rate, based on LTV that they're prepared to offer. And I think probably, you know, rates are about as low as they can reasonably go in short-term lending in order to make it, you know, in order, in order to make it viable. I think LTVs are probably about as high as they can go um, in order to lend, uh, in order to lend sensibly and safely. So one of the areas, certainly over the last couple of years, as you say, that we've been looking at is, okay, how can we use how can we use technology within what will always be to a greater extent i believe if you know still a manual underwrite or a manual underwriting process because because of the nature of the transaction that that we see you know i know it's a bit of a, an old cliche but genuinely no two deals are the same there's something in every deal which is different to another deal no matter how straightforward it looks no matter how vanilla it looks there's going to be something in that deal that's going to require a human to have a look at it um, you know rather than just rather than just force it through some sort of um, you know technology-based underwrite so it's therefore from our perspective we were we, you know we've been looking at it and saying how can we how can we utilize technology to deal with all of the areas that that we believe you can actually automate so that actually the amount of time and effort spent internally is really on those things that require a human to look at underwrite and evaluate rather than to you know try to waste time um on you know having having huge teams of people running you know running searches um, and things of that nature. So, you know, I think it's the automation of the of those of those bits of the process that one can automate that mm-hmm. is actually key to, I think, key to where lenders will be will be looking to spend time and effort and focus going forward. And obviously, us, you know, it's exactly where we've been spending our time. Um, you know, Nevo obviously is just one example of that. Um, you know. AVms is is another example of that, and you know i don 't want to give too much away, but you are aware of you know some of the other things that we 're looking at within the nevo process down that secure channel to try to to try to do other things um, and to try and make it easier for borrowers to uh, transact with us um, and to send things to us. Um, But, you know, it doesn't just end there. We're looking, you know, right across the piece from from the initial inquiry coming in all the way through to, you know, all the way through to the the repayment of the loan. We're looking to automate as many things within that journey as we reasonably can. And, um, you know, that's where all of our time and effort from an innovation perspective is currently being focused
0: we talked earlier about some of the reasons you decided to go ahead with Nevo. We'll talk about the other investments in technology you've made as well, but uh, just talking about Nevo for a moment. So do you think that was driven by the borrowers? Is it the borrowers saying, you know, we're expecting a better customer experience? Was it more of an operational efficiency that, that really drove you to invest Nevo, or was it a mixture of both? I guess that's the the golden answer, but uh, what, what would you say was the main the main driving force behind that decision?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it, I think it was a mixture of both very much I think you know, it was part of our drive to use to use technology within the process and say well, okay which which bits that we currently manually do can we automate um, it was something which our mortgage team sort of blazed the trail on initially Buster and his team. Um, they were the ones who, you know, got compliance and and risk and everyone comfortable with the process. And then once that was done and they began to use it, then we, you know, then the rest of the bank started, started to use it. Um, and we actually use it now, um, yes, yes, we use it for customer onboarding, but we also use it for broker onboarding. And I think our HR team might be using it for for um, employee onboarding. So there's various different things that we can use it for. Um, I think um, certainly one of the things that we heard regularly from, from our borrowers was, well, you know, I'm having to provide ID at least three times during the process. I'm having to provide ID to you as the lender. I'm having to provide ID to my to my broker i'm having to provide id to my solicitor so um because because of the dual rep um situation as well we had a chat to our, our dual rep solicitors on our panel and said look is there any way that we can you know utilize the same id um both for ourselves and for yourselves and you know we introduced them to nevo they got comfortable with the process and so uh, Nevo Passporting was born, um, which, you know, obviously allows the borrower to provide one set of ID, um, which is utilized by both the broker, um, sorry, by both the solicitor and by the lender. So, um, yeah, you know, there's, uh, there's obvious efficiencies there. There's, there's obvious customer, customer journey improvements there. And, you know, that, that really, as I've sort of alluded to before, is just, you know, the start of what we think we can do with the Nevo channel, we think there's a lot more um, that we can that we can use to improve the customer journey even further. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, there was various different reasons for doing it.
0: Fantastic. And I think,
1: and I've, and I think also, sorry, just to say, you know, our timing of it was obviously massively fortuitous as well, because sort of we launched it officially um, at the start of this year. Um, we'd sort of, you know, been doing some trials and things behind the scenes before then, but you know, it was sort of officially launched at the start of this year. We could never have foreseen that lockdown would happen. Um, and what's easier than someone, you know, just getting on their mobile phone uh, in order to provide us with their ID, um, which can be used by the solicitors as well? So that was massively helpful in actually getting transactions, um, you know, not just actually paid out, but even new inquiries initiated um, from start to finish during the lockdown period which you know I think otherwise would have proved would have proved massively problematic for all parties concerned.
0: I think that's a great point I think it's you know having to work remotely and having to have the systems in place to enable that but of course people at home who would be making these applications and might be using their office printer to get their documents scanned yes. uploaded they're not in that position anymore. I'm in that position myself at the moment, and I'm saying, why can't we use a nevo mobile app But that's <laughs> another story um what what have you what would you say are the 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 biggest changes that you've seen in the few months you've been working with nevo? What would you say the team have noticed and and is there any feedback from borrowers that you could share with us
1: um I think it's it's it, um, really the feedback that 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 we've had is that people you know People really do enjoy the luxury of being able to do certain things from their own home, rather than having to go to a third party to get something, you know, stamped, verified, authorized, or or, or have to travel somewhere to actually get it done. The fact that they can do it, you know, from their own home is obviously um, is obviously massively valuable. Um, it's it, you know, um, and as I say, as a result of those efficiencies, we obviously looking to utilize that channel. Even more. I mean, I think technology itself has been has been massively vital during during the lockdown period. Um, whether it's you know whether it's using automated valuations, whether it's using desktop valuations, um, um, whether it's you know whether it's delivering and signing documents using e-signing things of that nature. You know, the only thing that's obviously been slight, slightly tricky still is is uh, is dealing with the land registry because they 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 still have some particular requirements, but pretty much everything else by and large could be done electronically over you know using using mobile devices or using email um, and things like that so um, I mean even internally, we have you know virtually overnight transformed transformed the bridging business from a very very heavily paper and file based um, process to one where there's you know Almost no almost no hard copy in fact, there is currently no no hard copy file whatsoever. Everything is done um, everything's done electronically, we've been approving things electronically, we've been passing documents around um, you know in a way that we didn't have to before and we couldn't have envisaged needing to do before, but actually virtually overnight had to come up with something that works and thankfully um, you know so so far so good, so to say.
0: Fantastic. Gavin, it's been a pleasure speaking with you this morning. Really enjoyed our conversation today and uh, look forward to catching up with you very soon. Thank you for getting involved.
1: Thanks, Polly. Only a pleasure. I've enjoyed it too.
0: Oh, brilliant. Good speaking to you, Gavin. Catch up with you later. Thanks. All the best.